What's good? How is everybody doing? This is the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Just a reminder, this podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Be sure to leave a rating or review at your earliest convenience. Would really appreciate it, guys. I'm out here trying to do the best I can to provide you guys quality podcast content on a weekly basis. So I'd really I'd really appreciate any help I could get promoting the podcast. A big shout out to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental in the background. Also, shout out to Vince Correa for producing and designing the Podfathers and the new My Mike and I logo. So if you're listening to some of the old some of the old podcast episodes that are up he designed the old podfathers one too along with the new my mike and i logo so shout out to him for the fresh designs before we get into this week's episode i did want to talk some shit why on earth am i seeing videos of people licking ice cream and then putting it back in fucking grocery store aisles man what the fuck's wrong with y'all And not only that, I mean, I've seen all kinds of videos on Twitter and social media and stuff like that in relation. I mean, the worst one I saw was someone opening a cap of mouthwash, gargling it, throwing it back in their throat, and then putting it back, spinning it back out into the bottle. Man, some of y'all didn't get spanked as a child, and it shows. So for those of you who are like, oh, we shouldn't spank their children. Nah, that's that's a prime example of why kids need to be disciplined, because then they'll grow up and do shit like that just for likes and clout. Man, it's sad. Um, I, I could talk about this all day, but this is not the point of the podcast. I just I just really had to get that off my chest because, you know, fucking disgusting. But on this week's show, just to preview the episode a little bit, Jacob Fanshaw hops on. He's a frequent guest on the show. We talk about all about baseball in the first half. We talk about the home run derby that's coming up. We talk about the second half, the wild card. We also give away some of the names that might be be on the move come trade deadline. So it's just a podcast that surrounds completely baseball. We're at the halfway point. It's all-star break. The date I'm recording this is July 8th. The all-star game is literally the, the following day. So be sure to check it out. Hope you guys like some of the previous stuff too we have on the show. We have some good episodes as of recently and some of the older episodes, so be sure to check those out. All right, enough of me talking. Now on to the program. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation with Jacob and I. We have hit this mid-season point of the MLB season, Jacob. Midsummer Classics right around the corner. We've been talking about this show for a few weeks now, and I'm really excited to talk about baseball because we haven't done so in a while. But what's your overall take of the first half of the MLB season? It's been exciting. Uh, like I've said, the last two seasons for me have been super duper enjoyable as a Dodger fan and just overall as a baseball fan. But uh, the first half of the 2019 baseball season has been, there's been a few surprises, but it's been enjoyable. A lot of, you know, as usual, baseball uh, drama, a lot of good hearted feeling stories. Um, you know, the usual per usual Dodgers are doing kind of taking care of business now in the first half. We'll see if this carries over to the second half. I've had the luxury to go to a few games here and there, an Angel game, a few Dodger games. It's been it's been a fun first half of the season, and I've enjoyed watching it since March. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of the Dodgers, the Dodgers following up two World Series appearances. They have the best record in the MLB, 60-32, as of the day we're recording this, July 8th, Monday, um, of All-Star break week. 
the Dodgers. I, I wanted to ask you that, and you know, have, the whole show doesn't have to be the Dodgers. But how confident are you in this Dodgers team? Just from what you've seen the past two years, they get all the way to the, you know, basically the highest point that you can get to, and then fall short. How confident are you, this team, though, getting there and winning? First and foremost, I do want to say, even despite having gone to the Fall Classic now two years in a row and having lost it two years in a row. I would take that over not making it to the Fall Classic any day of the year for any of you fans out there that are going to listen. Now, to follow up on how I feel about this team, much of the same as I felt the last two seasons. They're a solid squad. They haven't changed much. Pitching rotation seems to have only gotten stronger. Kershaw with age, I think he's gotten a lot smarter in his pitch selection and how he's pitching. He's realized very quickly, I think the last two seasons, it took him kind of... uh, he was almost a little resistant to the change. He mm-hmm. still tried to blow blow up past guys. He's not throwing 95 anymore. He's throwing 92, 91, low 90s. And let's just be honest. Some of these younger hitters, they just, they're just they seeing that like it's a low-hanging curveball. Mm-hmm. So Kershaw's gotten a lot smarter. And he's gotten, I think, even a little more dangerous and scary with the mixings of his slider and his curveball. And plus, Ryu's having a historic first half of the season alongside other great performances by Walker Bueller, Maeda, and Hill. Unfortunately, I think that injury is a little more severe than they're letting on, but when Hill was in the rotation, he was a fun pitcher to watch. As for the lineup, I mean, the Dodgers acquired A.J. Pollock, which you and I had texted off the offseason. I was a little skeptical, or I think you, you had brought to the fact that he is a bit injury prone. Now, granted, you could argue the same thing about Corey Seager, who spent the last two seasons in and out of the injured list, right. and right now coming off the Tommy John surgery. So right now, the Dodgers have three big guys, three big bats that are on the IL that coming off the All-Star break in Boston, which is an exciting series, three games in Fenway. It's going to be Seager, Pollock, and David Freeze coming off the injured list. Of course, that's going to mean guys like Peterson, they're going to they're going to be moved around a little bit. Taylor, I imagine, is going to become another bench guy, but that, that's a solid, consistent right. bench a solid, guy. Yeah. yeah, and so overall, I guess, t- uh, to answer your question, I feel really good, and I feel the Dodgers are primed. I mean, really, in the NL West, the Diamondbacks aren't proving to be any problems. The Padres are being an annoyance, but they're not going to be something down the road. It's not that, as competitive as it was in the years past, I would yeah, say. Yeah, but that's because the Dodgers have really acquired the cream of the crop, if you if you would, with their mm-hmm. free agent signings and the trades and the, the uh, prospects they have. Mm-hmm. So I feel that there's really nothing stopping the Dodgers from another World Series run but themselves. And yeah. I mean that staying healthy, playing poorly. Sometimes the Dodgers just play poorly, and it's like, what happened? This is the same team that last week swept almost every series or took every series, and now all of a sudden they dropped three out of four against the Padres. And what would I what I would argue was kind of sloppy play. The bats kind of got cold. The pitchers pitch well, but the pitchers can only go so far. You know, Maeda the other day he went seven innings, seven uh, seven innings of pretty good uh, pretty good ball. Yet he gave up two long runs or two home runs, and the Dodgers couldn't recover because they couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Much of the same. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think the Dodgers will probably finish this season with the best record in MLB baseball. They will probably have, depending on who wins in the NL, the All-Star game. Uh, they'll probably have home field advantage for the World Series, and I see no reason at all why the Dodgers shouldn't be in the Fall Classic again for a third time. And plus, there's something about them Dodgers in the Fall Classic that makes for great viewership. So it's yeah. not like the MLB doesn't want the Dodgers in the Fall Classic. Right. In the offseason, too, you mentioned about the new players and the acquisitions and the trades that they made this year. I, I kind of I was skeptical about the Dodgers. They traded Puig away, you know, fan favorite, fan favorite, solid hitter, really solid defense as well. Matt Kemp was on his way out. Alex Wood was on his way out. So a few guys were on his way out. And I was really surprised how certain players like Alex Verdugo, player did want to highlight third on the team in hits. 
Um, he's really stepped up. Oh, you know, when, when they traded Puig and all those guys, I was kind of skeptical. I was just like, man, what are they doing? They're, they're ruining their core. They're splitting up some of their core players. And you almost felt like they weren't in a tank mode, obviously, because they still had the talent as a Bellinger, Turner, and all guys like that. But I felt like they were heading in a different direction. And now I know why. Because guys like Matt's Mun- Max Muncy, who shined a little bit last year, now doing it for a whole season. Alex Verdugo stepped up huge. Kike Hernandez has been big in some moments as well. So guys like that have Jack really... Jack Peterson. Yeah, I mean, Josh I'm sorry. Peterson. I just, you know, and granted, nobody could have looked into the future and seen that Alex Verdugo would be as hot and as good as he is now. But with the returning of Pollock, Freeze, and uh, Seager, that's going to mean some changes in the infield. And I've been reading a lot how they've given Jock Peterson the longest runway to get comfortable at first base which is good because that means he's going to get more playing time because I don't imagine that outfield will be changing much at all Bellinger and right center sometimes centers Verdugo and then left if I'm not mistaken uh, that's usually up for grabs and I'm trying to think real hard who who usually is playing left field and I'm drawing a blank but <laughs> I don't expect the outfield to change much it's mainly going to be changes in the infield so for the second half of the season it's and the Dodgers are going to be tested right off the bat mm-hmm. it's going to be three games against Boston at Fenway followed by another four games in Citizens Bank against the Phillies then they come they have a day off travel day come home three games against the Marlins which should be if they get beat up on that road trip a nice little rebound series and then they're back on the road again mm-hmm. so the Dodgers got a lot of hitters, and speaking on the players that they lost, I was actually quite sad to see Alex Wood go. I thought yeah. he was a great fourth and fifth guy within that rotation. Hell yeah. But you know what? Maeda fills that role just perfectly, and whenever Hill is back, I don't want to say it's something serious, but I have a feeling it is, considering that he went from, if I'm not mistaken, the 10-day IL to now the 60-day IL. Hill is a great anchor for that rotation, but he's up there in age, and if he can't make it for the rest of the season, I think the Dodgers need to go out and get a solid reliever out there. And I guess we can talk a little bit about trades a little bit later in the yeah. show, but there's some definitely um, there's some definite names out there that I hope the Dodgers will pull the trigger on as they've, as, as they've done the last two seasons in acquiring guys that they felt could help them get them over that hump. Yeah, that's been the theme with Rich Hill the past few seasons. He's up there in age. He's a good pitcher, but it feels like they almost have like to put a pitch limit on him, and he's missed some games here and there each of the past two seasons with the Dodgers. But like when he's on, his curveball's on. That's oh, right. Yeah, right. I always and, say that when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he gets rocked. And yeah. people go, "Well, no duh," but it's like, no. You have to walk. You got to understand. Mm-hmm. Hill is one of those pitchers. He's a dying breed of pitchers where. His fast is not fast at all. It's no. it's BP pitching. Yeah. You know he relies <laughs> on the deceptiveness of his curveball, of his slider, right. and his changeup. So it's really a joy to watch him pitch. It just unfortunately he is really that elbow has stymied his progress in this season, and it's kind of sad because last season he pitched lights out in I want to say Game Four of the World Series, which gave me hope in terms of like, dude, he's still got it. Like he's still on. Yeah, know? and then even Kershaw, we mentioned you mentioned it earlier too. Kershaw, the maturation of him. To go another step, because even last year, I believe we went to a game that he pitched, and you were kind of like, oh, Kershaw doesn't have it anymore. And I was like, I oh, wouldn't yeah, say that. Oh, yeah, we did you know have that conversation. Yeah. yeah, but it takes a while. And, like, the baseball is a game of adjustment, so I really like the way Kershaw's adjust, being able to outsmart hitters now, and I think he'll be able to continue to grow and be able to pitch for a long time. He may not be that number one ace anymore, but I think he's a solid number two. And guys like that. In your rotation, it's always good for young guys like Walker oh, Buehler, Ryu, and stuff like that. Of course, like that. dude. He is, if he's smart, and I sincerely hope he, some of the veterans of the past era of baseball have gotten maybe a hold of him. Guys like Koufax, maybe even guys like Maddox, Maddox and Glavin. I was about to say Maddox, dude, yeah. Guys like Maddox, Glavin, Gaylord Perry. I mean, 
they all pitched into the well into their mid 40s because they realized, dude, I can't throw as hard anymore, but I can throw a deceptive ball that's going to dance halfway across the plate. Mm-hmm. And Kershaw can do that. And it, we're starting to see that a little more. And there was a spell where I think for eight starts, the Dodgers were 8 0 when he started. I think mm-hmm. that just broke on Saturday with his last start. I mean, it goes to show he still got it. And it's not that I don't think that he doesn't happen anymore. I just think definitely we saw the. The rise, the ascension of Kershaw's career, we've seen the plateau, and now we're seeing the decline. It mm-hmm. is now his twilight years. I think within these next two seasons, this season and the next season, going to be like, okay, you know, this is – the passing of the torch has already been done. Bueller yeah. is the new face of the franchise. You and don't think Ryu, it's Ryu? No, because Ryu's a little bit older, and I think Ryu's going to – we're watching Ryu's ascension, mm-hmm. but Ryu's ascension has already been for the last four years. Uh-huh. So now Ryu, I think, is going to hit the plateau. But I think Ryu's plateau is going to be just as nasty yeah. and exciting as Kershaw's. So Dodgers are in a great spot right now, I guess. Yeah. To, to answer your question, I don't. if you're the front office, you kind of sit back and go, we've got prospects that are excelling fantastically. I saw Dustin May play in the Futures game last night alongside, I think there was another Dodgers pitcher. I, no, that might have been the Dodgers pitcher. There was another Dodgers hitter, their shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Futures All-Star game last night. Dodgers got a lot to look forward to, unlike maybe a few other franchises yeah, within the league. They always have good farm system, and even if those guys aren't in the top fifty, they always make sure they produce. They always come up, ended up producing at a pretty high level. Ryu, he's starting the NL. He's starting for the NL in the All Star game. That's a pretty big thing too. You told me a little tidbit. Oh yeah, he's going to be the first Asian Asian player to start a All Star game for the NL. But you know, rightfully so, dude. Mm-hmm. He notched his tenth win just last week, just before the All Star break. Ten and two. 173 ERA, 99 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. I mean, granted, Verlander, who's starting for the AL, hasn't beat a little more on the strikeouts with 153, but strikeouts, strikeouts, man. <laughs> they're getting ground outs, pop-ups. Ryu and Verlander are both painters when they're on the mound, and they know how to paint a very, very uh, concise portrait out there on plate. And it's just it's such a joy to watch Ryu pitch. It's it almost kind of caught me off guard, I'm not going to lie, because I hadn't seen as a Dodger fan, I hadn't expected nor seen this dominance last couple seasons, but now it's just it's awesome. Like it's the way I look at it right now, it's Bueller, no. Ryu is number 1, Bueller's number 2, Kershaw's number 3 in right. terms of just if you're, you're, if, you're, if you're looking at a three-game series and you need your three best guys, which I have a feeling it's going to be exactly Ryu, Bueller, and Kershaw against the Red Sox coming off All Star break. That's it, and I and I say to myself, that's not a bad rotation, like chunk of rotation to have and just fill it up with two other guys. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's not bad at all. So yeah, Ryu on his on his way. Jacob Degrom mask, if if you really think about it. Except Ooh, this yeah, time, yeah. he has run supports. Yes, Degrom did not have <laughs> did run support, not. Oh my but God. Ryu does. And fucking dude, the Mets. yeah, dude, the Mets are a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. I'm sorry, but they no, are just, uh, that's a good segue God. though because <laughs> <laughs> it's a good segue. The Mets, maybe not to the dumpster fire they are, but we're not a Dodgers only podcast. So I did want to talk about the rest of the NL as a whole too, because when you look at the standings, no team has been too dominant outside of the Dodgers. Everyone's kind of middle of the pack, around the 47, 48 wins. You even look at the NL West. But a lot of the teams around the National League, with the exception of the Braves, who have 54. Well, I was just about to say, yeah. let's not sleep on them Braves. Okay? No, I was going to say, other than them, though, every team is kind of in that 45 to 48 win range. And it's like nothing's really stood out other than the Dodgers and the Braves. Absolutely agreed. And I assume we're going to touch both on the NL and AL. But just, just, to, just to say, going into the season, I fully expected the NL East to be a dogfight, yes. a very exciting dogfight, and too, I've been very too. disappointed. Philadelphia is not the team I thought they were going to be. Yeah. I'm 
Not sure what After happened to Harper's like, bat, yeah. nor do I know what happened to JT Real Muto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Nola all of a sudden kind of cooled is, off. Yeah, he's having a rough outing. You know, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies rotation as a whole. Nola, Pavetta. I mean, some of those guys that I look forward to watching pitching last season now are not having very good outings for the Phillies, and that's hurting them. They're six and a half games back from first place, and then the Nationals. How are they ahead of the Phillies? I do not know. The Nationals are. Other than Scherzer and Strasburg, who's having a resurgent season? They struggled in the I mean, beginning yeah. of the year, too. I didn't really expect them to bounce back the way they did. Neither I mean, did I. Like, maybe about 30, 20 games ago, I was looking at the standings, and they were in fourth in the NL East, and I was like, okay, this yeah, makes sense. Yeah, probably going to sit there all season as yeah, well. Yeah, but they've kind of had a ba- – baseball is such a, you know, highs and lows of each season, and obviously it's going to change by the time we even get to mid-August. But just to see where they're at now, it's pretty surprising. I had I had no idea that Philly would be behind Washington at this point of the season, this far along. Yeah, and given the fact that Philadelphia is loaded with hitters, I mean, Luke, uh, no, not Luke Voigt, uh, Justin Bohr. Yeah. No, Justin Bohr's on the Angels. No, he's on the Angels. What are you talking who, about? Who am I thinking? The real rip dude. He's not, like, looks like a meathead. I hate to say that, but he looks like a meathead. Oh, we'll, we'll get back to you on that, folks. But the Phillies have some bats, yes. dude. Some, some guys that can hit the hell out of the ball in comparison to, I would argue, the Nationals, who you got Kenny Powers, Anthony Rendon, you got Juan Soto, who's kind of balling out right now, followed by... Oh, Trey Turner. Yeah. Trey Turner's been kind of hitting the ball well well enough. But it's just, I expected the Phillies to be immensely better than the Nationals, given that the Nationals just gave away their franchise player to their divisional rival. Right. And then, we just, we have to talk about the Mets, man. I think Callaway gets canned before the end of the season. You think so? I think you that's think a very, dude, are you ask- kidding me? Every New York Post article I've seen linked to Reddit Baseball, the uh-huh. MLB subreddit, is basically saying how Callaway's seat is searing. It's not hot. It's not warming up. It's searing. And it's true. <laughs> They're playing 444 baseball right now at the break. Their relievers all of a sudden forgot how to relieve. I mean, Even sincerely. their pitchers forgot how to – their starting pitchers forgot God, how to I know. pitch. DeGrom's almost given the NL Cy Young a bad name. It's kind yeah. of sad to see this just – like what happened to the DeGrom of – like nothing changed mm-hmm. for DeGrom. <laughs> He's still not getting run support. So I guess if you're DeGrom, why not go out there and just continue to do the same thing that you're doing? But that's where I think it comes down to a coaching issue and, you know – well, they fired see, their bullpen coach. Right. Why? Why would you do that? I don't know. But <sighs> you're right. I think Robinson Cano, too, has to regret that decision to go to the Mets in this offseason. No, 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 no. Cano's with the um, – I think he got acquired by the uh, the Yankees. Cano? Uh, Ma- oh, who, who did the Yankees just acquire? From the Mariners. I'm sorry. Not, um, is it en- Edwin. Edwin Encarnacion? Okay, my apologies. They're easy to You're get good. mixed up. Uh, as for the NL Central, too, I expected that to be another bloody fight. And it has. It's kind of lived up to my expectations. The Cubbies running away in first place at 47 and 43, playing 522 ball, just a shade over 500. Milwaukee, half a game back, dude. I'm scared of the Brewers. Uh, as a Dodger fan, I'm definitely afraid of the Brewers. The Brewers, I'd, I'd rather take the Cubbies than the Brewers because the Cubbies choke in bigger moments ever yeah. since 2016. The Brewers, on the other hand, are hungry. You, and, they, and you mentioned the trade deadline. I think that's another team that has to be hungry at the trade deadline for starters because right now I feel like they don't have the starting rotation to go head-to-head. The Brewers head or with the Cubbies? The Brewers. Oh, the Brewers yes. don't have the starting rotation to match the likes of even Atlanta, Philadelphia, and of course not the Dodgers, but they can mash the ball, obviously led by Christian Yelich, uh, you know, probably a front runner for the MVP right now in the season he's kind of having. And then Eric Thames makes yeah. the baseball look like a water balloon. Dude, <laughs> that dude is yoked. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, every but, time I see a Brewers game, it's like, dude, Eric Thames, you're a linebacker. They bro. can hit the hell out of the ball, yes. but they're going to need to find a way to either trade some prospects or trade a role player too, just to try and get some starting starting help in that, uh, in that, in that starting rotation. Yeah, well, unfortunately... 
just to touch a little on trade deadline, this year there is a new, I don't know if you were aware of the rules, um, there's been a rule change. There's no more fee waivers. So mm-hmm. July 31st is if you don't make your trades, right. that's it. And that makes very interesting uh, picture in the AL because there's been a lot of talk that the Indians, they're looking to fire sale, which yeah. is sad because I enjoyed watching the Indians be competitive against the Yanks and the Red Sox. But if it's Indians, surprising too because the Indians aren't that bad of a team this year, 50 and 38. Like they're above, way, well above 500, second in the AL Central. They're having a good year. I just don't think – I think they're afraid to pay some of their, their superstars, Corey Kluber and guys like that. They want to – Well, Kluber has been hurt. Yes. He pitched, I think, a couple months into the season, and then he took a screamer back to his arm and broke his arm, which True. is, you know, you can't, you can't uh, mm-hmm. foresee that. Trevor Bauer has been pitching consistently, as always. Um, Clevenger's been hurt. They've been stymied by injuries. So you're absolutely right. The Indians aren't playing bad ball. I think it's going to come down to penny pinching, which is a shame mm-hmm. because, no offense, you're in <laughs> Cleveland. That market is not at all the most desired market. So you think True, but it's not Oakland either, you know? Wow. Okay, you went for the jugular there. You're not. You're not. You're not wrong either. You're, you're absolutely not wrong you mean, in that I feel respect like either. Yeah. All the rumors circulating around the, the Indians wanting to fire. So since the beginning of the year, I mean, even the off season, there was rumors that the Dodgers were trying to get after Kluber, and you know the asking price was too high for the Indians on the return. But it doesn't. It didn't make sense to me. I, I I understand. Yeah, some smaller market teams can't afford all their superstars, but just I feel like you have a special thing going on here and. Yeah, sure, if you're losing, like maybe the Royals were a few years ago, okay, start fire-sailing some guys here and there. But they're not losing the way that the Royals were. They're still very competitive. I, I think, I don't know how successful the Twins are going to be out throughout the whole of the year. I think they could still make a They've run. They've been the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah, them. And they were surprised, what, the past two years as well. They made the AL wild card, right? Right, yeah. yeah and so, the Yankees just stomped on them. Yeah, but it's still, you like saying that. But just going back to the Indians, I, I don't know, it's just a head-scratcher for me why they would want to sell. I think it's a bluff, and I'll tell you why. We're in the second week of July already. Mm-hmm. July 31st is coming up very quick. If they were going to fire sale, I think they'd be doing it now. Yes. Because you don't want to get too close to that deadline. Exactly. You don't want any injuries to come up again. Exactly. I mean, you, you just got guys exactly. like Clevenger exactly. and then back, so now's the time to sell. If they do sell, I want the Dodgers to take Brad Hand. The Dodgers mm. could use some really... Former NL West guy, too, with the Do- mm-hmm. uh, Padres. Mm-hmm. 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 I think the Dodgers could benefit greatly from guys like... Brad Hand or uh, Sean Green, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean Green from the Detroit Tigers, their, their closer reliever too. The Dodgers have a lot of options out there. And you know what? Hear me out. This might be crazy depending on the money that he wants. But, dude, Corey Seager, still, we still don't know going into the second half of the season what he's going to, how he's going to perform. The Dodgers need him to ball out. If he doesn't, would it be that super crazy for the Dodgers to maybe make a pass at Lindor? Ooh. Maybe could that be the guy that this year gets him over? I feel like that would the... be a big asking price, though. Not as big as Kluber. Uh, no, you don't do, think so? I think who do, who do you think is the face of the Indians organization? Lindor? Is it Lindor or Kluber? Lindor, dude, it's hard. Oh, come on, Lindor. I feel like you have you would have almost give up the farm have system. to give up Verdugo. Oh, I and, and that's, oh, I think no, something... that's not worthwhile. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I feel like they worthwhile. just Verdugo's coming out this year. This is like. No, he's on the emergence. He's on the ascension, like you were saying with some of the other Dodger players. I, I can't see a scenario where the Indians would take anything less than Verdugo and some other prospects on top of that for Lindor. Because, ooh, he's top 10. I, I know he's struggling this year, but he's still like a top 10 well, talent in the MLB right now. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He's one. Of, he's amongst the top five shortstops right now. But I, I, to touch on his... His, uh, his slow start, remember, he got injured, too. Mm-hmm. He, just like 
Clevenger, they battled injuries. They've been battling injuries. Nobody's been fully healthy alongside uh, Edwin. No, not Edwin. Um, Jose Ramirez. Yes, Jose Ramirez. He hasn't been hitting the ball as well either. These last, In comparison to last season to this season, there's been a sharp decline, and he's struggling to hit around 300. So, yeah, it's a bit of a head-scratcher what Cleveland's doing, but it's all just been proposed. Same thing with the Detroit Tigers and their offerings for their relievers too. So, But there are some really good names out there, and I hope the Dodgers don't sit back on their haunches and they go forward a little bit and they acquire some more bullpen help because having more bullpen help can never be a bad thing right. when you're making deep runs. So when you're looking at the AL as a whole, just before we get fully invested into the trade deadline too, I did want to talk about the Yankees and their kind of surprise hold on the AL because like the Dodgers, they have the best record in their respective league. And it's been surprising because they were so banged up. They lost Giancarlo Stanton for a while, Aaron Judge for a while, DD was out for a long time. All these guys were hurt, especially in their, their lineup and the, the, the power guys and the guys that were supposed to get them there. But, man, they were still able to hit the ball very well. Their pitching came through. Their bullpen has struggled, too, surprisingly, this year. But overall, they're still able to like have a, a not only be on top of the AL East, but top of the AL as a whole. What did you see from the Yankees this year that made them so impressive in the first half? You know, I don't think it's anything in particular. I think it's that Yankee mentality. They're going to win no matter what. And it's the next guy up mentality. And if you're in an organization like that, you can afford to have the next guy up mentality. Because look at the guys that they brought up from Triple E, from Triple A, dude, they were hitting like 300 within like the second week of the majors. They were they were hitting the ball insanely. And their pitching staff really wasn't that bad. Paxton, maybe not performing on par as he was last season, but he's not having a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. Tanaka, the old vet that is the anchor, of that uh, rotation, not bad either. Tanaka is always going to give you a quality start, no matter when he's going to go out. Herman, uh, Herman had for a while led the AL in wins. Uh, let's see if that's still the case. But for a while, he was ahead in wins. Oh, I'm trying to find him now. So yeah, dude, he still Herman still has ten wins. He's third in the AL with wins. Ahead of him is Lynn and Lucas Giolito. I mean, come on, dude. The, those three guys right there have kind of carried the Yankees. I'd argue. Oh, J. A. Happ again, their fourth guy. I can't think of their fifth guy right now, but Happ. Mm-hmm. Paxton, Tanaka, and Herman Herman have been like pretty much like lights out. Like they've been pitching really well. And with with Giancarlo Stanton coming back into the lineup, with Aaron Judge coming back into the lineup, D.D. Gregorius was a huge defensive addition to the Yankees again Mm because now they felt like, hey, defensively we're stout again. Luke Voigt, all he does is hit the crap out of the ball. (laughs) D.J. LeMay. You want to talk about Jack Guys? Luke Voigt barely fits into that Yankees jersey. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. Uh, D.J. LeMayhew, easily one of the best second basemen right now in baseball, rightfully so, and he got the nod for the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, how the Yankees on top of the AL simple by being the Yankees dude. Yes. they bought the best team money can buy and it yeah. shows yeah it, it definitely showed this year the depth I guess is what the most surprising part of that is and it when you said all these guys are coming back like you said all these players coming back it just makes it for even more of a scarier team down the stretch and especially to you know they're going to be hungry at the trade deadline willing to trade a prospect or two for you know a pitcher or oh, somebody Gary Sanchez is just a beast yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> how do we forget about Gary Sanchez um, so trade deadline there's some players that we already mentioned. Anyone else that pops up? I know I have a some guys that I wanted to talk about. I want to know where Bumgarner lands. Mm. And it's going to be very interesting. I feel like his value is decreasing. I mean, us as fans of teams in the NL West. I don't think so. He's, he's a vet. been pretty he, poor this year, though. He, he has, is a vet. He has, but veteran, nothing substitutes experience and veteran. And being, True. And having that veteran, he's made deep postseason runs. And, oh, Totally forgot. Fifth guy, CC Sabathia. Mm, yes, um, last season too. The Dodger, or excuse me, the Yankees could use a guy like Bumgarner. 
And they could probably make him a bullpen hand. Yeah. And that, imagine. See, that would be the best fit. I think having a situation where he doesn't need to be a starter, He'd be a I think that'd be good. Yeah. Because then, especially especially in the playoffs, I think that's what you would want out of Bumgarner. I mean, I think a lot of teams could use Bumgarner, even like a team like the Brewers. But for the Brewers to ask uh, Bumgarner to be their second or third option, I don't know how that's going to work out. It just it's a big risk. I think for I feel like Bumgarner is not not a huge risk, but I I feel like it is a good amount of risk just because it seems like you know how we're talking about Kershaw and plateaus it seemed like Bumgarner had his plateau and he fell off a cliff like really fast you know like he hasn't it hasn't been graceful at all his fall from his fall from his ceiling so it's it'll be interesting to see where he ends up I think I think they I think the Indians are gonna sell I know we talked about it but I think Kluber's on the block I think Bauer is most certainly on the block and depending on who's willing to give up what Lindor but yeah and Brad Hand too you mentioned that's oh, a yes, solid reliever Brad piece Hand. there's not there's never every year there's never that too many relievers on the market and having a reliever like Brad Hand I oh like teams are the first team that picks him up is going to be chomping at the bit because everyone else is going to be digging for scraps to touch on Bumgarner as of July 8th MLB Network has reports of Astros Twins Braves and Brewers interested in Bumgarner mm-hmm those are very particular. Imagine the Astros with. I feel like if he goes to the Astros, they're just gonna like turn him into a Cy Young candidate again. Because <laughs> look what happened with Verlander. I don't. I hate that. I don't like that idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, like him staying in the NL. Just go to the AL, and if yeah. we have to face you again, we'll face you again, and we'll beat you again. But like, I don't. I don't want him to stay in the NL. Um, I think. Oh, Kirby Yates. That's a pretty interesting. He's an interesting trade prospect. He's a dominant closer, one of the best closers in the NL right now. Mm-hmm. Depending on what the Padres would want for him and who they'd be willing to give up, and then to round that up of names I've been paying attention because they've been most in the circuit is Marcus Stroman, dude, having a bit of a resurgent season. Dude, both the Blue Jay pitchers, Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez, are on the block. Well, from what I've heard, but Stroman's having a much better year. And you mentioned it. It was kind of a resurgent year because after the World Baseball Classic and the performance he had. Right up, leading up to the season last year, it seemed like his arm kind of you know died out and flared out. He had like a so-so last year, last season last year, and this year he's definitely bounced back strong, and definitely that gives the Blue Jays a, a trade piece that can get them back a considerable amount for a team that's probably going to be on the verge of tanking. Also for the Blue Jays, their closer Ken Giles too. So a yes. lot of I think this is going to be the season of we've already seen pitching for the first time. I think I was watching MLB. Uh, a Sunday night game, and for the first time in 50 years, pitchers' collective cumulative ERA is higher than the batting average. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be the year of pitching. Uh, this has been the resurgent year of pitching, but this year's trade deadline is going to focus on arms, and I think guys like Kirby Yates, guys like Ken Giles, guys like Sean Green, um, Alex Colomb. Alex, ooh, man, ooh. That's, that's a name I did not expect to hear. Chicago White Sox, man, they're going to be selling too. <laughs> it's It's... I think you have a lot of teams that have desperate need of firemen that, that mm-hmm. need to save them because their lineups are fine. I think a lot of teams bolstered their lineups in the offseason, but it's the fact that take a look at the Mets. They can hit the ball, no doubt. They have a lot of young talent, but their closers blow the game every single time. Edwin Diaz is not a reliable dude. No. So Mets aside, other teams such as the Dodgers, in contention such as the Astros, such as the Red Sox, maybe even the Rays, they need twins, Brewers. twins. They need relievers. They need closers to, to shut that shit out. I mean, that's just you can't keep blowing the game. And even the Dodgers fall prey to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jansen not as much anymore, but nobody's immune from closers all of a sudden forgetting how to do their job per se. So 
keep your eyes peeled. We're only in the second week of July, but yeah. if it's going to heat up, it's going to heat up this week or next week because 30, the 31st is right around the corner. I did want to mention, too, some players from the NL. More on the lineup side of things, but I think the Mariners could be a, a team that are going to be selling. They already sold, traded away Edwin Encarnacion to the Yankees. I think D. Gordon, Jay Bruce could be on the move. Whoa, Mike Leak, their pitcher. Jay Bruce. Well, yeah, he's already Jay... moved from the, from the Mets. That's how he got to the Mariners. But... Yeah, I think, but I think right now the Mariners are a very uncompetitive team. The fact that they traded Encarnacion so early, traded him away or so early in the season, I think that kind of gives you a, a, an idea of what direction that team plans on heading for you the rest of the season. You don't think D. Gordon's a little too old now at this point? No, I think he's still a quality player. Maybe he's not going to get you the, the 30, 40 stolen bases a year. But he's still a quality hitter, quality fielder, and really good speed. Can we see him reuniting with the Dodgers? No. no. That is, infield's too crowded. Yeah, there is. Infield's yeah. too crowded. And yeah, there's a lot of utility players, set. too. Yeah, Yeah, we've already got... Well, Taylor's going to become another bench guy. I mm-hmm. don't imagine Freeze is going to be an everyday guy once he's back. So, right. And even Pollock, for that matter. Mm-hmm. we got three solid bench guys. True. I don't think we need a fourth, unfortunately. Yeah. Let another team get those riches. Anthony Rendon, Jan Kenny Jones, Powers. Uh, Adam dude, East. I want to. I want to see. I want to see Kenny Powers go on a competitive team because yeah. I, I love Anthony Rendon. He's he. Nolan Arenado stills the spotlight, but right behind him, your three best third basemen in the NL. It's gonna go like this. It's gonna go Nolan uh, Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rendon, and Justin Turner. Those mm-hmm. are your three best third basemen. Fight me on that one. <laughs> And yeah, there's just there's a few other bats that I like Curtis Granderson, Martin Prado, yeah, that's on the an old name. I, there's no argument about Grandy, man. Grandy's been around the circuit a few times. Even guys like from the Reds, Yasiel Puig, who just got traded. A lot of the guys that they acquired this past offseason, Alex Woods also on the trading block, Scooter Jeanette. There's guys like that too. I feel like interesting names that could definitely help a team that is kind of like on the fringe, and they could definitely be selling in order to re- reboots, rebolster their farm system. You know. How would you feel about David Peralta going to the Cubs? <laughs> ah, I hope not. I feel like, I don't know, the Dimebacks can make a run for it. I feel like they won't, though. They're going to sell, obviously, because they traded away Goldschmidt this offseason. Who, I guess you should take some kind of sick satisfaction in the fact that he's not having an excellent year this he year isn't. in St. Louis. <laughs> no, he isn't. It's kind of weird. I thought St. Louis would be like this great so team. So did I. I expected Michaelis to be a Cy Young candidate. Nope. Nope. Seems like they're one-year wonders last year. I don't know. I feel like the end of the year, the way they ended with the new manager to play, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but the way they ended oh, that season. Um, Schlitt. Mike Schlitt. Yeah, Mike Schlitt. He had that team going in the right direction. They almost made the playoffs. And then this year, they had big expectations to be like a step better than what they were last year. Didn't happen, though. I think it's uh, what we saw with Cody Bellinger last season. Um, it's a sophomore slump. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I think the Cardinals are going to be back next season, and they're going to be just as scary. Because you don't have guys like Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, and what, Dakota Hudson in your rotation, and them not ball out. I'm a big fan of Miles Michaelis only because of his stash. He got a cool little stash. Yeah, on, so. old school pitcher. Looks like mm-hmm. an old school mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've talked a little bit as baseball as a whole, the 90th Midsummer Classic is upon us. Yeah. Tomorrow, AL and NL starting lineups. You want me to do the honors and read the uh, lineups? Yeah, go for it. So for the AL, George Springer gets the nod in right field. LeMahieu, who we mentioned, is on an absolute terror. Keeping a, keep him away from any baseballs. He's got the start for second. Mike Trout, deservedly so. Center field. 
Carlos Santana, first base, who, you know, I switched my vote. I didn't vote for Carlos Santana. In the primaries, though, I saw a 10-minute video. I was getting ready for work one day, and I saw a video about how he totally changed his swing up, mm -hmm. how he's hitting well above. I think he was hitting like 250 last season, hitting 330 this season. Yeah. He's, he's just he's doing well Resurgent, beyond. Very yeah, yeah, and he was a really solid hitter, and watching that 10 minutes of just them breaking down how he's become such a good hitter made me like, okay, I, I like, I'm going to give that vote. So Santana yeah. got my vote starting at first. J.D. Martinez, which is unfortunate, is going to get the start at the DH. I wanted Hunter Pence, but mm -hmm. Martinez, I think, just has the bigger uh, market. Bregman leaves a bitter taste in my mouth, but he's going to start <laughs> at third. Gary Sanchez, who just murders baseballs, is your starting catcher. And then rounding that off at eighth, or excuse me, eighth, is Michael Brantley in left field, another Astro. How did the Astros dominate that much? I, I don't, don't know. know. They, yeah, I don't know either. Crazy. And then Jorge Polanco, part of the Twins' uh, miracle season thus far, is your starting shortstop. And then Justin Verlander, 10-4, 298 ERA, gets the nod to start for the AL. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it, just like the Astros, though, how they dominated the All-Star lineup. Kind of reminds me of the Kansas City Royals when they went to the World <laughs> Series in 2015. It was just like... Six of the nine guys were from the Kansas City. That was team. a weird season. Yeah, because it was. I feel like fans, obviously, for like small market teams, if they really get invested, in, I think it's unlimited voting too, or you have a, up to like ten, right? You get five votes. Okay, five. Five votes per tier. Okay, so you get five votes per tier. But daily, that's and daily. That's, yeah, I was gonna say that's that's like you know I'm sure there's a lot more dedicated Royals fans that like when they they see their team good, they're like, oh well, fuck yeah, we want to put our guys in the team, and they're just gonna be voting five <laughs> times a day. For fucking yeah. three, four weeks at that's a time. That's true. Like, they so, set aside time in their day yeah. to go send their votes in. Yeah, They're, like, crazy. in their nine to five, and on their lunch break, they're <laughs> sending in as many votes. Hey, bro, bro, chill. That was me, bro. Oh, I'll start voting. <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> no, but I'll go ahead and list the National League lineup. Christian Yelich leading off. He's in left. Javier Baez playing shortstop. Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves playing first. Side note, I was very sad that Josh Bell did not beat out Freddie Freeman. Mm, that was a close race, yeah, it, but... Again, small like market. Like half a point, half like a tenth of a point. If the Pirates were doing better, I guarantee you he would he would have been a starter. That left a salty taste, man. <laughs> in the cleanup spot, Cody Bellinger of the L.A. Dodgers in right field. Nolan Arenado, the GOAT third baseman. Batting fifth, Josh Bell, DHing in the sixth spot. <laughs> Wilson Contreras, the catcher in this in the NL. Ketel Marte, a surprise. I didn't. I knew he's I been having. I knew he's been having a pretty good season for the Diamondbacks. But again, I just thought small market. I, I no one really pays attention to Diamondbacks players anyway. I didn't think no All Star season. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't think an All Star. season. I didn't think so either. But but he's developed into a really good player. The voters have spoken. And then Ronald Acuna, rounding it off that lineup in center field, and then starting for the Dodgers. We mentioned it earlier, but Ryu of the Los Angeles Dodgers, ten and two with a one seventy three ERA. Having a fantastic season. Who has a dirtier lineup, though? AL or NL? Well, okay, in a score prediction, I do have the NL beating the AL 5-3. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, man. Yelich just murders baseballs, but then Mike Trout does as well. So does Springer. So does LeMayhew. Um, honestly, they're both Gary stacked. Sanchez. Dude, like they're Gary both Sanchez. stacked. Yeah. I mean, they're both stacked. It's That's like telling me, like... You know, who's the greatest pitcher of all time? Like, bro, you, we can come up with a list of 20 pitchers that are stacked as True. shit. Like, that's just... This is why the All-Star Game's fun. You're just going to watch baseball's best on the best stage. One of the best stages. Not the Fall Classic, but the Midsummer Classic. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just going to be fun. I give the nod to the NL, though, just because eh, AL is AL. Mm -hmm. You know, I think all their numbers are a little inflated. They have the DH. They don't have to face pitchers, so it's hitters mm -hmm. all across the board. And I find... No scientific evidence to back this up yet, so maybe in, in like next season I'll, I'll break it down for you. I feel a lot of AL stadiums 
are super duper short. Like, mm, Minute yeah. Maid, no, 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 seriously, seriously, real talk. Minute Maid Park looks like it's minuscule. Like, I want to go there to make sure it's a real park, dude. You watch <laughs> it on the game. No, you laugh. <laughs> no, dude, come on. Dude, I swear to left field juts out. Oh my god! But it, it's it's a significantly tall wall where you, it's well, not. I'm sure, but it juts out like 20 fucking yards, so mid pop fly. But it's not the, fucking... it doesn't cover the entire length of left field too, because right after that little midsection, it just like jumps out all the way to the railroad tracks. That's true. So I I, I get what you're saying though, because like Yankee Stadium, ridiculously short. Right. Okay. Right field is like, bro, that's a fucking joke. Like, yeah, I, we could hit home runs. Yeah, there, I was probably. like, shit, my fat ass get off the couch and fucking stroke one to right. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's really only my complaint. I mean, if you look at this lineup, though, it's a lot of Astro, Yankee, Angel. Angel Stadium, again, I think it's 400 or But they do, they do that because they're in Southern California, the overcast layer. You mean the Dodger Stadium isn't that long either because of the environment and the elevation. We're, well, we're so low. Okay, it's funny that you said that because Dodger Stadium, it's a pitcher's park. But if you really think about it, on a great day, it's a hitter's park, dude. Right field. Granted, on a, on a day. Well, yeah, night, night's a different story. Night's and there's not many because I feel like that, that overcast layer, like, man, it's hard to hit bombs out well, in the night game. Right field is short. Yes. No, left field for the Dodger Stadium has always notoriously been short. It's almost like the pesky foul pole. The same thing in the Angel Stadium. I feel like they're both the same way. I think we just need to renovate these parks, make it all 500 feet back, and never <laughs> hit another home run again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, that is my biggest gripe with the Astros, and that's why, like, I hate the Astros. Mm-hmm. Other than beating the Dodgers, I hate them because their park is, like, like, it's not fucking fair. It's like, they're just playing in a toy box. Like, dude, come on. Of course they have, like, lead the A on, like, home runs and shit. Because every time they hit the ball, it just zooms out of there. I blame the humidor. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I but I did hear, I have heard that, I didn't know this, they do have a retractable roof over there at Minute Maid Park, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I've never seen it open in a game, but... Them, Seattle, and Arizona. And the Brewers. Oh, and the Brewers. That's right, the Brewers added one. So those four teams have one, and that's pretty special. I think, like, more teams are going to... Especially in teams like in areas where there's bad weather, like Colorado and stuff like that, they're going to try to incorporate those. Funny. This is the first time. You know how they always say you watch a baseball game, you'll see something once that you've never seen before? Yeah. Dude, earlier this season, I'd say around May or April, I saw I was watching a Rockies game during the day. Dude, there was snow. They were playing through the snow. I've never seen a baseball game played in the snow. Yeah. I imagine it's, so it's got to be miserable. It's high elevation. Well, I mean, it's it didn't like... surprise me that there was snow, but it was, <laughs> I was surprised, like, oh, shit, they're yeah. playing baseball. Like, I didn't know you could do this. Is this allowed? Like, but it wasn't heavy snow either, I'm sure, right? It was. Uh, well, they stopped the game eventually, so it got, oh, it got okay. heavy enough. But, wow. again, it was so, like, just, I, I'd never seen that before. That was yeah. pretty crazy. It was like, whoa, dude, that, that happens. If you're, you're a Colorado baseball player, that happens. I feel like the Dodgers and Angel players are very sheltered because I feel like a lot of teams on the East Coast and, like, even in Seattle and stuff, they deal with, like, more bad weather and stuff, like whether it's rain outs or rains during the game, sprinkles and kind of, like, monsoons that pass by, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, I feel like Southern California, rarely, like, it rains in the winter season, but baseball doesn't happen in the winter season. No My, doubt. I mean... You might have to deal with the occasional heat wave like there was the past few seasons, but they're not dealing with like the stuff that Cleveland Indians are in their weather, or the Yankees might be, you know? I don't know what to tell you, man. Come to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. West Coast is the best coast. West Coast, best coast. All right, so before we wrap it up, predictions for the second half of the season. Do the Dodgers finish with the best record in baseball? I think they do, just because I haven't seen anybody else in the NL that has stepped up. I think the Yankees are their probably closest threat. And it'll probably be them neck and neck so for the, the best. Yeah, for the no. I th- I'm thinking Dodgers, so I'm gonna go with the Dodgers as much as I hate to say it. But I think the Dodgers are gonna have the best record, but the Yankees are gonna be probably 
them are going to be going neck and neck for the remainder of the season. Do you think the Yanks keep their hold on the AL East? Not the AL, but the AL East. Yes, I think so, so too. So you don't see a resurgent Boston Red Sox? I do think the Red Sox are capable of getting a wild card spot, but I don't think they're going to win the AL East. I feel like the further and further we go into the season, the more and more players come back for the Yankees healthy and ready to go. You look at their lineup and their starting rotation versus the Boston Red Sox lineup and starting rotation, I feel like they're just overmatched. And then, of course, it's it's repetitive and it's sometimes lazy to say, oh, like the World, Se- like World Series hangover, championship hangover. I, I, while I don't think maybe they have a full-on hangover, it's always tough to repeat, though. And I feel like they are going to maybe lay off the gas pedal and just really save some of that energy to go on a wild card run. Okay. Who do you think wins the series World Series? You know who it is, baby. The Philadelphia. No, no. Oh, come on, man. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't foolish either. I, I think the Philadelphia Phillies, I, I think they're going to be active at the trade deadline. And hopefully guys like Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins... JTL Real Mudo. I want to see them win it because I, re- I really like Aaron Nola too, some of their pitchers as I well. Love Gene Segura, another player that I really like on that team. I just feel like they have all the talent in the world. Andrew McCutcheon. They finally need to put it together. Andrew McCutcheon, yeah, but he's more of like a solid veteran well, at this now, point. But mm-hmm. like, no, not <laughs> I was like, bro, he's not you know, dead. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. All right. Oh my God. You know what I meant, viewers at home, listeners at home, those of you who follow baseball. But I'll give you my wrap up. So, Dodgers will take the West. Uh, in the East, I think I'll, th- I'll throw you a loop. I think uh, the Nationals will take the East. You think so? Ooh. I think the Braves are going to fall take. apart because the Braves did hot it last take. season. The Braves they, they fell apart last season. Yeah, hot take. Nationals hot take. come back from the six game deficit and they they make it. They don't make it to the NLCS, but they'll get to the divisional and they'll probably lose to yeah. the Dodgers. Probably again. Central, uh, I got the Brew Crew taking it. Yeah, Chicago. I just I, I You're don't the see brew crew. it. I don't see it. And I think it's going to be another NLCS matchup again. Dodgers and Brew Crew. And you see the Pirates making a run of the playoffs. You know they're only two and a half games back. I could see them potentially. How far are they out from? I think two and a half. Oh, they're two and a half games back from the wild card. The wild card in the NL is going to be really, really interesting. I hope yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah, towards yeah. the end of August or oh, in September shit. we'll I don't do. Know. We'll do another show. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates, man. <laughs> that's that, that's the fire brewing in the Pittsburgh <laughs> on Allegheny River, bro. I I. You know what, dude? I don't know. Okay, because St. Louis is not a good squad right they're, now. They're right not. Now. They're just they not. Be... They could. They've got the potential, but I just don't see them putting it together. Mm-hmm. The Cubbies, I just, I don't know. I think ever since 2016, the Cubbies have been kind of lost. Like, hey, we did it. We broke our curse. Like, I think forever. I think the Cubbies could lose forever, and their fan base would be like, hey, 2016. Yeah, we won our year. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I feel like that's how it is for the Cubbies, and I feel like that's, that's how it is for any like. I don't want to say they're a small market, but for any team like that who does it. They were the lovable losers. Let's just put that in context. Um, So, yeah, that's why I've got winning. The NL West, Dodgers, East, Nationals, and Central. I got Brew Crew. For your American League, East, you know what? I'm going to throw you a loop. I think the Rays are going to take the East. Shut up. Really? Yeah, dude. If Blake's now can pull it together, and Charlie Morton's been pitching fantastic per usual. You think so? They can take on the Yankees and the likes of the Red Sox as well? Okay, they already have. They're sitting sitting in second. At the midway point, they're sitting at second. They're sitting in second. Playing 571 ball. Red Sox are nine games back. You said yourself. No, I feel like at the trade deadline, though, Yankees and Red Sox are going to be super active, and the Rays are just going to be like, oh, we're going to roll with the same squad, and that's going to... Get crushed. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, well, my hot take, Rays take the East. Okay. Uh, Central, 
Minnesota's got that one. This is their year, I think. think so? I don't think Cleveland pulls it together. Well, I think Cleveland's going to sell. True, yeah, you're right. If they do they sell, sell they're yeah. going to get a bunch of prospects back. I'm sorry, that's it. That's going to that's the nail in the coffin. And for the West, get ready for this one, bro. The Angels. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, no, Houston's got the West. Houston's yeah. got the West locked down. Um, another, I think, ALCS is probably going to be – I want the ALCS. I want it to be a Yankee-Houston rematch, and I want the Yankees to win. I want a Dodger-Yank World Series. Actually, mm-hmm. knock on wood, I'm not going to say that. So I want a Yank World Series. I want the Yanks to be in the World Series. I think, yeah, the Yankees and Dodgers in the World Series would be, like, really good for baseball, really good for Dude, viewership. Dude, the Dodgers kind of are good for baseball. I want to end that conversation right there. Who, the Dodgers could play the Twins in the World Series, and it would no, be an exciting No, it wouldn't. Okay, the Dodgers would sweep. Okay, the Dodgers would sweep. Chill, chill, chill. Chill. No one knows more than, like, two players chill, on the bro. Minnesota Twins. Chill, that would be terrible. Bro. Chill. Dodgers would get a four-game sweep. Chill, chill. There'd be a nice parade. Chill. But it should be a Yankee-Dodger World Series, just as it should have been last season, Yankee-Dodger World Series. Yeah, it should have And, been. dude, the viewings will be off the charts. I want another – instead of an 18-inning World Series game this year, I want Ooh. a 20-inning game this year. Yeesh. But we win again. <laughs> and we win this year. I'll never forget. To this day, there are very few things that are etched into my mind. But it'll just be that text message I sent you at like 12 a.m. that night. And I was like, dude, the Dodgers are going to win. Momentum. Yeah. The next day I thought, dude, this is the momentum, Rich Hill. And then, you know. Went so, to shit. Went to shit. Stories, stories differ as to what happened on the mound. Robert said he didn't say you're out. Hill said he just gave the ball. Whatever happened, happened. And yeah. it's history. So tip of the cap to the Red Sox. They played fantastic that year. All you can do. But this is this season. Mm-hmm. And it's a different story. And... Shit, buckle up for the ride, man. I think the second half is going to be just as exciting, if not more exciting. Because like you said, trade deadline is going to make things way more exciting. And the wild card. Mm -hmm. The wild card, I feel, this year is just like, there are so many teams that... Like I said, middle of the pack right now. Exactly. 44 to 48 wins. Last season, it was the Dodgers and then the Diamondbacks half a game. It was like every game was important. This season, the Dodgers could drop a couple series and they'd still have such a comfortable lead. They could fucking kick back. They get swept like two weeks in a row and still... All right, chill, bro. You just want to go to the extremes, but yes, (laughs) yes. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So with that in mind, I think all eyes become on the wild card because I feel the seats, other than the central, because the Brewers are only half a game back, all the top stats... I don't think they're going to change, mm-hmm. sincerely. With the exception of my hot take of the Rays, because I think the Yanks have a potential to be stymied by more injuries. You, you never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the wild card is going to make for really enjoyable baseball, especially we're in July right now. Aug- yeah. Uh, yeah, August August mm-hmm. is like nothing. So. And I mean, you look at the American League, too. I mean, we've been talking about a, lot, a lot about the National League wild card, but I think the American League... Oh, American League wild card. You have probably have the Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays are going to be competing. The Oakland A's, their team that well, look as to repeat as a wild card team. So there's going to be like at least three, four hungry teams, and depending on what the Indians do, I feel like the Angels are always a long shot, but they're always kind of in that ballpark. I feel like there's going to be a really good competition too, especially from, coming from the AL East and whoever doesn't clinch that division. AL East is nasty, man. I mean, Tampa Bay right now, they're plus. They're, they're half a game up on Cleveland right now for the wild card. So if playoffs were to be made today, it'd be Tampa Bay and Cleveland in your wild card game. And I and I think Tampa Bay would beat them in that wild card game, to be honest. And then Oakland was only one and a half game back from that wild card, followed by Boston's two games back from the wild card. We even talk about it, the Texas Rangers. I mean, I don't like the Rangers. Well, Granted, I them? hate the Rangers, but they've been a surprise team this year, too. I mean, I don't want to spend like 20 minutes on the Rangers, but I just... For the division for they're a team, in? For a t- yeah, for the, the division they're in and for a team that doesn't have too much talent, it kind of seemed like they were on the verge of a rebuild. They've been playing really well, too. They're going to be a team in the Who's, AL wildcard. To just touch one last, one last tidbit on the Rangers, who's been an enjoyable player for me to watch 
uh, has been it's been Joey Gallo mm. and Dude, he's so big <laughs> like and Corey Miner Corey Miner's been a he's Mike been, Miner oh Mike Miner my apologies uh, Miner has been a fantastic starting pitcher for them and he's worked out real well for them so good on the Rangers for staying above the water only nine games back from first place that's only a couple series games buddy I mean mm-hmm. Oakland's more than capable of dropping they're only seven and a half games out and mm-hmm. then well the Astros it's not even like the Astros are that dominant this year but they are you know Garrett Cole Verlander <sighs> See ya. Like, See ya. <laughs> and the lineup? <laughs> yeah, Forget know. about it. Fucking A, man. Fucking A. Oh, one more thing before we do go, uh, folks. Tonight is the Home Run Derby. Um, who you got winning that? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Pete I don't, Alonzo, let's, maybe? let's be honest. I don't really care. I'm putting my money, if I could put my money on anybody, it's going to be Pete Alonso. Hey, you legit can put money on this. If you oh, guess a perfect bracket, that's $250,000. Yes. Don't let your folks go unpaid for yes. our sports knowledge. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. I got it. Chapman, dude, I, you know what? I'm going to throw it because this has been his year, the year of the Guerrero. Dude, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Wins you it. think so? Fuck uh, yeah, dude. He's got, yeah. That's, that's the only thing he's true. got to play for. The Blue Jays ain't going to the playoffs. True, true, true. That's the true. only thing he's got to play for. Live up to his father's legacy of just being this badass hitter that makes contact no matter what, but also can like hit, hit the shot of the ball. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> come on, dude. It's kind of primed in Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I think, I think he's primed to do it. I want to see Pete Alonzo do it. We'll he, he's hit the most home runs uh, for a Reds Mook. Mookie for a, re- for a, a Mets, Mets rookie, rookie ever in franchise history. So I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, dude. What if just spitballing here? What if there's a home run derby for pitchers? Oh, there wouldn't. <laughs> You're laughing, dude. Bumgarner's hit a few. Granky's hit a fucking few. Okay, but that outside of those two, I'm sorry. Scherzer swings have? the bat real good. Fuck no, you. Fuck no, you. Fuck you. No. You're just mad because that'd be a fun ass little thing to yeah, have. Wouldn't it? They would have to bring the fence in or like make a little maybe, pop yeah, up fence, like you know, maybe it'd have to be just like outside the infield, like. All right, maybe, but it'd still be kind of fun to see. <laughs> that'd be. Uh... All right, dude. Look, it's fucking MLB like, break. All right, that, that'd be asking like the lineman to do a seven on seven, and like, that'd be enjoyable as shit. No, it that, wouldn't. In track and field, there's always the um the the big man race, the four by four big man. That was uh, fun as shit. Those guys can't run for shit, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Come on, man, have some fun. But this is why baseball's dying. Old men like you don't want to see cool shit. No, no, it I, would be just, something. That, that would be really be... something though. Tell me, tell me. Answer that. Tell me it would not be a sight to like see pitchers just go at it. I feel like it would be a one or two man race between like Bumgarner and whoever else is hitting the ball that well this year. You know, it, it's. I don't know. Oh, I feel like Bumgarner. Shit. That's like Bumgarner's competition. You know, like he's gonna win that. The one thing he's good at. Seven out of ten times. Go get know? it out of the water. <laughs> I want to buy a shirt like that. That'd be yeah, nice. that'd be cool. All right, man. Well, it's well, been a fun baseball season thus far. Mm-hmm. Looking like it's going to be even more fun for the second half. Looking forward to going to some games, too, in the second half as well. Yes, sir. We're trying to go to the July 20th game. Any viewers out there? Meet us. Um, I figured the next show that you and I will be featured on, maybe a few in between, but big, big college football, man. Yeah, college football, and also probably do some, like a wild card preview kind of thing. Oh, and yeah. As things start heating up, like I said, towards the end of August, I mean, baseball... <clears throat> Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. Let's focus on winning the game first. But yes. But yeah, we're going to get closer to that. Yes, it's yes, be definitely. Fun. Well, as always, Noah, thank you for having me on the show. It's a blast, absolute blast for you viewers that have been following or listening. Go out and check his last two episodes. Absolutely freaking awesome. And I've thank enjoyed you. the content that's coming out, man. It's been, thank you, thank you. You've made washing the dishes and doing other mundane things <laughs> very <laughs> enjoyable. And plus, some of the people you're getting on there, just they've got stories to tell. I really... More to come. Uh-huh. I do honestly I really enjoyed the most interesting show thus far that you've had was the card show talking about the cards oh, and the dude, top. Right? that was such a like of all the things I mean I have a ton of baseball I mean my dad a ton yes and it made me think 
dude, what if I should just go, like, I'm, I, realistically, am I going to make money? No. Would it be cool to see, like, hey, dude, I've got something in that. If I was in a real pinch, like. You sell them for 50 cents each? I mean, depending on how many cards you shit, have. That's like, I got 250. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, though, folks, go and check those episodes out. Thank you. My Mike and I, featured on SoundCloud, Apple Music. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Excuse me, Apple Podcast. You're good. Um, <laughs> Spotify. Oh, yeah, oh you said Spotify. Sound- Did you, you say Spotify? I said SoundCloud. I didn't oh. say Spotify. I was thinking about Spotify. But yeah, appreciate yeah. it, man. There you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of My Mike and I. Be sure to leave a rating review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. would really appreciate it if you guys can help promote the podcast in any form or fashion. Plenty of good content coming the rest of this summer, guys. Hope you guys enjoy your week and have a wonderful Midsummer Classic. This is Noah Alvarez, signing off.